Welcome back to the Border Patrol. Jeez. Every time I try to turn it up a notch, Jake, it doesn't work. You lie to me. Uh, Nate, say something. Happy Monday morning, everybody. Hey, thanks. Again, I'm battling voice issues. I've been going through this now for over a week. I'm doing everything I can to uh, bounce back. But Super Bowl week, man. Yeah, man. Everybody's struggling to the end. Yeah, no man. one's playing in full strength. I'm here. Well, <laughs> just like the team. Jeez. Thank you so much for joining us on this Monday, February 5th, 2024. Later on, we'll talk to Bill Moss. We'll talk to our Monday morning quarterback, Chase Daniel. Right now, from NBC Sports, we have Catherine Tappen. Catherine, good morning. How are you? Oh, my gosh. Good morning. I'm better than you, it sounds like. I'm right. sorry you lost your voice. That is... I, I, it's happened to me a few times, Stephen. It is the first of all, it's the worst just if you're a human being without your voice because I love to talk and I love to talk to people and say hello to people in the grocery store. But when you actually do it for a living and you lose your voice, it's awful. So I totally sympathize with you. I feel terrible, but we're here to help you out. Thank you. So uh, you said this happened to you. So I I ordered some uh, uh, some remedy from Amazon called Voice Thirty Seven that supposedly singers and speakers use. And so mm-hmm. I've been using that, and then uh, raw, raw honey spray. I've been trying every remedy. Do you have any suggestion that helped you get through uh, any tough times with your voice? <laughs> a hot toddy sometimes helps. Oh, so thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Here we go. <laughs> yeah. You know, I Jake? think um, I remember during the Stanley Cup final. Gosh, this must have been about eight, nine years ago. And out of nowhere, I mean, we're talking like June. The weather's beautiful. I was in Tampa covering the Lightning at the time, and it was like. My voice went away, and I, I got this crazy congestion in my head. So I had every, from can, from the Canadian beat writers to the American beat writers, everybody giving me every kind of international remedy imaginable. And I remember just pretty much doing a high dose of everything, from vitamin C yeah. to a lot of tea and lemon and honey. Um, Doc Emmerich swears by that. That's his go-to every time he broadcasted for, I mean, gosh, he was a, is a legend in the industry. But, um, but the biggest thing is rest. It's like as soon as you get off that radio show, you have to just shut down. <laughs> you know, sign language with your wife and kids and, and whatever you need to do or type in your I notes what you want to say. But um, that's really the best thing for it. But definitely a lot of honey and a lot of lemon and hot tea helps. So you've had the experience of, of covering the week leading up to the Super Bowl. Uh, what are your thoughts about what we're about to see now that Super Bowl week will be in Las Vegas for the first time? I know. It's crazy to think of um you know, the fact that I guess it was about, I heard on the news this morning about 20 years ago, they didn't even allow, you know, um, player, they didn't want players in Las Vegas. They didn't want anybody, you know, any kind of Super Bowl festivities or any even thought of that. Obviously, the stadium wasn't built and the team wasn't there, but um, it's just amazing to think that it's going to be in that city with so much to do and hype and the celebrities and the star power and you name it. But, you know, I remember a couple of years ago covering the Super Bowl in Los Angeles and, it was a, you know, shortly it was 2022, so you know we were still kind of coming out of the, the haze of the pandemic, and a lot of things were not available to us as far as appearances and parties and all that stuff. You know, the league was really trying hard to adhere to, you know, the regulations in Los Angeles at the time, but just the hype being at SoFi Stadium, you know, the first ever Super Bowl there, and LA was in it, and it was just 
it was incredible on the day of the game to see, I mean, the people on those sidelines and, you know, the, the, the halftime show was so hyped about with the, you know, all the hip hop stars coming back for that. And it was, um, it's quite a week. I, I will say I've covered the Super Bowl many times from a regional standpoint when I was at Nesson covering the Patriots all those years they won. Um, I did it for NBC in both Arizona and Minneapolis as a reporter for our pregame show and our postgame show. So it was a different, you know, different kind of coverage. We had, coverage all week long leading up to it on our different platforms so i was at practices every week and um sorry every day leading up to the big game and then covering it as the sideline reporter along with michelle tafoya back in 2022 in los angeles you know we were really you know we were kept in the hotel and at the practices and that was it and obviously they were closed door meetings with the teams and us the broadcast team um so i didn't have to go to all the you know i didn't go to media day that that trip it was strictly just focus on the game, prep for the game, tighten up our storylines, make sure we're, you know, all buttoned up with our coverage. But so very different perspective each time I covered a Super Bowl, but it is a, it's a wild week. Um, you know, it's obviously a media frenzy. You've got everyone from entertainment reporters to actual sports reporters, the people that have covered the team all year long. You know, it can be frustrating when you're, you know, the beat, re- beat reporters for these teams, and now you've got to deal with just madness. Um, but the league does a great do- job organizing it. There's a lot of fun events at night and things to do and people to see, and it's a great week. It's, it's really the celebration and the culmination of, of an amazing NFL season. Okay, so I've never uh, had the chance to go to the Super Bowl or cover any of the uh, cover any of the events on the week leading up, but Steven's been, and Steven's been to some of the big parties and events that you've talked about and has good stories about rubbing elbows with certain celebrities and things like that. So what about you? What's the best, like, celebrity encounter or, or like, you know, just nighttime event that you've been to in your years covering the Super Bowl? I think, you know, one of my first Super Bowls with NBC, I remember being in Arizona and NBC hosted a a really nice, intimate, I'd say 20, 25 people um, dinner with everybody that was part of the broadcast and um, a couple other people that were doing some special items for our pregame show, including Tara Lipinski and Johnny Weir, who I was just like, it was the first time I was meeting them and I was sitting at a table with them, which was really cool and, um, you know, just enjoyed being around my colleagues that I had seen on the air so many times at NBC and various sporting events. You know, Dale Earnhardt Jr., like, I was like, oh my gosh, because he was part of our pregame show too. And, um, you know, people like that, it was it was just interesting to see. I'd say um, in L.A., you know, just The Rock did a big thing, you know, in pregame down on the field and he kicked off the Super Bowl. And, I mean, just seeing him in person. I had never seen him in person and I had never been around him and I was standing right next to him and I just couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe, you know, his size, the presence he has about him. Um, That was really, really fun for me. But, you know, I think just in general, these parties when you, you know, I, I don't, Typically, when I'm covering the events, I don't tend to go to these parties too late because it's obviously you're burning the wick at both ends at that point. But, um, you know, they're just massive and there's entertainers and there's, you know, just it's it's unbelievable the amount of money that goes into these parties and these celebrations. And there's something every night, it seems. And you're constantly getting, you know, an itinerary of here are the options for tonight. And it's, you know, pick whatever one you want. It's like it's just it's a lot of fun. But at the same time, again, when you're covering the events, when you're covering the team during the day and you're working the shows at night and then you're trying to maybe make an appearance at a party here or there, I mean, it can be, it's an exhausting week, but it is, you know, you have the whole off season to rest, so it's worth it. Catherine Tappan is our guest. And so, uh, and I, I know the 49ers aren't totally new to this because they were there four years ago. However, there's been plenty of, you know, player and coaching staff turnover since then. 
but what, what type of advantage is it for the Chiefs to have been there for the past five years and really have every single thing down to a science since they've done, I mean, only only two other teams have had that where they've been four times in five years. And so they, they just have everything accounted for. How much of advantage is that for the Chiefs since they have this? Because you were around the Patriots, and I'm sure that they had that advantage also dealing with everything. This is This is just normalcy for the Chiefs. Yeah, I think that's the point is it is normal for them. And to your point about, like, having everything down to a science, you know, it all goes back to preparation. And I think, you know, the Super Bowl week, you know, the teams do such a good job keeping their guys, you know, focused and keeping them, you know, on a strict schedule and not overdoing it with media availability and that kind of thing. But, you know, the Chiefs, obviously, they're a well-oiled machine at this at this point. And, and so that eliminates any kind of, you know, wow factor or any kind of uncertainty going into a Super Bowl week. What is it like? What are practices like? What's it like practicing at a different facility, you know, during the week leading up to a big game? Every team is used to practicing at their own facility all week long. They've got their own locker. Everything's set up for them, you know, in Kansas City or in San Francisco. And now you're going into a new venue for the entire week. You're living in a hotel room for the whole week. So I think, you know, that eliminates all of that is off the table for the Chiefs because they're used to it. And to your point about the Niners, I mean, sure, they were there four years ago, but it's a different team, different players that have not been to a Super Bowl. Um, but there is a sense of innocence to that as well. You know, it can be, um, you know, you don't know what you don't know. So someone like Brock Purdy, who's experiencing this for the first time, maybe that's an advantage for him, and he's going to take it all in, and then, you know, all that adrenaline is going to come out on Sunday. But, but definitely the advantage of just knowing what to expect goes to the Chiefs, and, um, and, and that's, you know, that's something that they can put in their cap as an, as an advantage and something they can have against the 49ers because, you know, there is, there is an element of unknown when you go into a Super Bowl, and for the Chiefs, that's just not there right now. So when, when it comes to... I don't know, distractions or whatever you want to call it. One of the things that's been brought, I mean, that, that's been a headline here the last couple of days, Patrick Mahomes' dad arrested and charged with DWI in Texas, and it would be the third time for him. Um, this is while he's trying to get ready for a Super Bowl. And we, Stephen and I have talked a lot about, look, you, you can't control anybody else in your family, and you shouldn't have to answer for anybody else in your family. But we also know the kind of fishbowl these guys are going to be living in for the week that they're in Las Vegas. And they have to talk. they got to answer questions from media from all over the world. How, how big of a story do you expect that to be from an international media standpoint and all of that? How many questions is Patrick Mahomes going to have to answer about that this week? Yeah, I mean, I think he's obviously he's going to have to answer it a couple times, I'm sure, when he first sits down at that podium. But, you know, it's up to Patrick to, you know, to and he does this so well, and all these athletes at this point do. But it's a matter of, you know, answer it succinctly once and then move on. And if people continue to ask it, reference the fact that you answered it already and you don't, you know, you made your statement, you addressed it, you're moving on. Um, or simply address it as I don't have a comment on that. You know, to your point, this isn't, it's not a reflection on Patrick. Um, you know, it's an unfortunate instance with his father, and it's obviously a recurring instance that should be of concern, in my opinion. But, um, you know, for Patrick, the timing of it stinks, no question. But thankfully, you know, no one got hurt. And, um, you know, his dad, it's up to between him and his dad and maybe a private conversation. I'm sure they've already had. But, you know, for Patrick, it's, it, it, these guys are really good at, 
at turning the page. And I mean, I'm sure he's had many distractions over the course of his career in college and, you know, in the pros where there's been something that he's dealing with personally where, but at the same time, when that, when that game happens on Sunday, it's, it's, you just turn it all off. And I think all of us have done that at some point in our life when you're dealing with something, you find a way to kind of flip a switch, focus on the task at hand and move on. But I mean, these guys are going to get questions about everything. They're going to dig up stuff from their past. I mean, I, I, Travis Kelsey alone is going to be dealing with just an absolute onslaught. I mean, it's just, but again, they're, they're up on that podium for a certain amount of time. So there's a finite window where you can talk to these guys and, you know, I'm sure they'll address it and, and if he he might get frustrated if it keeps getting asked again. So I pity the person that asks multiple times if, if they do for Patrick about his father. But and the same thing with Travis with you know with with his personal life. But um, at the end of the day, all they want to talk about is this game, and I think they'll make that very clear early on in their press conferences. Catherine, I think you're the perfect person to ask this next question. So we were talking about the dominance of the Chiefs' defense so far in this playoff run, and there's a stat out there that I thought was was I mean incredible since 2000. The fewest points per game allowed in the playoffs uh, minimum of three games the Ravens in 2000 5.8 points a game which is crazy but then the, the 2002 Buccaneers with Warren Sapp and Derek Brooks and John Lynch and Rondé Barber 12.3 points the Legion of Boom Seahawks in 2013 13.3 points and then fourth this year's Chiefs with 13.7 points. I mean, that's dominant if you consider the quarterbacks they faced and they played three games. But still, in the championship game, everyone talked about the Ravens defense. And so far, it just appears like everyone's talking about how great the 49ers defense is. And the Chiefs defense, even though they're on this historic run, is not getting credit. And I just thought that the big reason is, as far as a national perspective is, look, the face of the team is Patrick Mahomes and then Travis Kelsey and then Andy Reid. And so their identity for the last five or six years has been the offense, has been the quarterback, has been the tight end. And so for people that have to watch this team week in and week out this year, maybe they just don't realize that this team has been led by a dominant defense, and I guess they have to do it again in the Super Bowl. What, what do you think about that from a national perspective? Is it just yeah. because that's that's how the Chiefs have, have come to prominence and people are just used to that narrative? Yeah, I mean, I think, listen, you, when you have superstars on offense like that and a superstar, you know, you're talking about a hall, future Hall of Famers in your head coach, your quarterback, your tight end, and, you know, there's – commercials galore with all of them in them and then you know the defense is perhaps unheralded but you look at those numbers and no one is 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 looking at this Chiefs defense and taking them lightly lightly and you know Chris Jones at this point should be a household name um he's the biggest name his play is going to be incredibly important um on Sunday as will George Karloftis and Mike Dana and all these guys and you know Steve Spagnuolo is finally receiving the praise he deserves you know you've got secondary guys playing fantastic all season long with Darius Sneed and Trent McDuffie and you know Spagnola it's it's just fun to watch when you think about the two years he spent in New York he was the architect of that you know aggressive defensive strategy against the Patriots who were the you know highest scoring offense in NFL history at the time and you know the Giants went in and and closed the door on them in the Super Bowl so uh, it's just you know it's been so impressive, but I'm, I'm, you know, to your point about, I'm not surprised that the defense isn't talked about all the time, and it's usually the way it is, especially when you've got 
you know, superstars like Mahomes and Kelsey leading the way on offense um, and leading the way outside of football. You know, they're they're everywhere and you see them everywhere. So, um, but that's, you know, that's kind of why defensive guys play defense and offensive guys do what they do because um, typically the defense never gets as much credit. But I will say, I, I believe, and I believe this in every single sport, that defense wins you championships. And, um, you know, I think that if those guys go in there and play the way they've played and allow Patrick Mahomes to do his thing on offense and create long drives and do what he does so well, um, it's going to be really tough for the 49ers, as good as their defense is and as many weapons as they have. I'm not taking anything away from them. But when you talk about the experience of Kansas City and the way the defense has carried that team all season long, um, and now that you've got Mahomes clicking in the last few games and the way they got into the postseason playoffs was great, um, it's going to be it's going to be a fun thing. It's, I think it's going to be a chess match. I think it's going to be a great game on Sunday. And one of the things that uh, that obviously the 49ers, we expect, the Ravens kind of gave up on the run game against the Chiefs when they fell behind, which surprised a lot of us because they had the number one ranked rushing attack in the NFL. Um, the 49ers are obviously known for having this wonderful run game. It's, it's beautifully designed by their coach. They've got Christian McCaffrey. Uh, I don't think they'll give up on it as quickly as the Ravens, but how do you see that run game of the 49ers matching up against the Chiefs? Well, I think, you know, I think that they're both, I think that obviously the 49ers run game has been impressive and I, you know, they've got big time playmakers in there, but you know, you look at Kansas City and I think, you know, it's going to be, it's gonna, you're going to need to see a lot from Pacheco and you're going to need to see a lot from Rasheed Rice as well. And because the way they're going to try and team up on Travis Kelsey, but, um, you know, the 49ers, they're just, uh, obviously with Christian McCaffrey, he's a difference maker in that game and Brock Purdy relies on him a lot. Um, there's a good connection between the two of them and I think Christian McCaffrey's going to come out and have his best game he's ever had because it's the biggest stage and you know this is what he what he wanted to come to San Francisco for so um yeah I mean I I definitely would give the edge to the Niners in that regard but um I don't know that you always hear run the ball run the ball but I don't know if we're going to see a lot of that on Sunday because of the way Patrick Mahomes is playing the way he's throwing the ball to his receivers the way the receivers are now buying in a little bit better than they did in the beginning of the season I know uh, there was some frustration in Kansas City about that but um but yeah, it's going to be a it'll be a good head to head matchup with both running games. We have uh, Catherine Tappen on the line. All right, uh, Catherine, when it comes to the actual game, I know it's early in the week, but we won't get a chance to talk to you again. Uh, how do you think this is going to play out? Uh, can we get your official, our first official prediction of the week? <laughs> You're going to go first. Oh my gosh, I'm going to go first. Okay. Um, I mean, I, I, you know, I hate picking, I hate picking a winner. I'm very bad at it. Um, but obviously we know that nobody knows what's going to happen on Sunday at the end of the day. But I think that the Hunt family has just built an incredible foundation of championships. They have invested in quality coaching and players. And it goes right back to what we talked about off the top of the show, the experience of the Kansas City Chiefs in the biggest moment on the biggest stage you're talking las vegas there is going to be craziness leading up to this game craziness at the game and i think you know what we have seen the chiefs do over the last couple of weeks um ultimately will prevail on sunday i think it'll be uh, i do believe it'll be a great game and i think we're going to see some you know some incredible defenses some great play calling and you know two you know kyle shanahan's an unbelievable coach as well and he's going up against one of the best so great coaching on both sides but i think in the end i'm going to give the edge to kansas city okay uh, another important question so we'll have reba mcintyre with the national anthem and usher with the halftime show are you a big <laughs> a bigger reba mcintyre or a bigger usher fan 
Oh, I'm definitely a bigger Usher fan. I've been an Usher fan forever, as long as Usher's been around. Um, really excited to see this. It's so funny. He said something uh, recently about, you know, everybody wants to win Grammys and everybody wants to win all these awards. He said the biggest dream I ever had was to play at Super Bowl halftime. So, I mean, that just tells you the, the magnitude of um, of what this moment means. And um, I, I, I am super excited. I know Reba's going to do a great job with the National Anthem, and I am I love the national anthem. I love it when I'm at games. It's, you know, no matter where I am or what game I'm covering, it's always one of the highlights for me and, you know, the flyovers and all the pomp and circumstance that comes with saluting our nation. But I think uh, I'm definitely going to be glued to the TV set for Usher. No question about that. And he can dance, too, so it's going to be a show. Yeah. He's going to put on a I show. I can't wait. And he lives right down the street. I mean, he's a Vegas guy, so he has, you know, he's going to be so jazzed up. It's going to be awesome. See, I'm in on that. I think it's going to be great. All right, so you go in the books first. We have uh, Catherine Tappan right. picking the Chiefs, <laughs> and uh, so there we go. I'm a little, and we're going to exit your segment with a little yeah. usher for you. Nice, and I so, love it. I love it. So next we'll week, feel better, Stephen. Have you. fun, you guys. We'll talk next week. Enjoy the big game. And hopefully, we'll be talking about a big Chiefs win. Thanks, Catherine. <laughs> All right, take care, guys. Usher can dance his ass off. Yeah, I can. I like it. For sure. That's right. I told you I like Reba, too. Because she likes Fritos. She knows what she likes. She likes Fritos. I don't know what the hell you're laughing at. Susan St. John will drive out here right now if you say one bad word about Reba McIntyre. No, I have nothing bad to say about Reba. face her. I mean, she seems like a... Awesome lady. I have no idea why I used to watch Reba's sitcom, but I did. Well, you were the person, huh? Yeah, well, pretty much. Yeah. They did the shenanigans they get in, and she'd always go, like, gosh darn it. And she'd just get, you know, <laughs> put her hands down. Knock it off. Yeah. My family's just crazy, you know. <laughs> I'm more curious to see who will come out with Usher. That's, to me, that's the bigger. Oh, uh, like special yeah, guests? Yeah, special guests. I mean, who, who do you want? I would love to see Little John. All right. Yeah. Maybe you know Luda. Yeah, that'd be great. They, I, I mean, I we're gonna see somebody, at least a couple people. I, I imagine. Who else? Man, I don't know. I mean, he's he's a big Bieber guy, right? About a, what did you just say? Bieber, 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 Justin Bieber. Yeah, Biebs. Leave Biebs out. I'm good. No Biebs. Trying to tie people to him. That's right. Hmm. It's not better than the halftime show I saw, though. J Lo and Shakira. Yeah. 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 By the way, J Lo Saturday Night Live. Uh, she she still works out. She's still very yeah, fit. She's, she's on a program. She must be. <laughs> ben Affleck's still tired of her BS. Probably. <laughs> Seems like, and I know there's been some great halftime shows, and I'm not trying to spark an argument, but everything will be measured next to Prince. Yeah, I think that's, and nothing, I think that's consensus. And I shouldn't go into like a situation like there's nobody. I'm just telling you, nothing will ever be as good as Prince singing Purple Rain in the rain. Right. I think that's consensus. I, that's I, it, you know, that's I, it. You I leave that there, and then, hey, who could be second best? It's kind of hard to argue. Because that's the best, you know. Are you going to push back on that over there? Oh, God, no. I love Prince. And that's fine. But I think Usher is, like, enough of an all-around talent. He's gonna, he'll go out there. He'll do a good show. Yeah. 
It'll be a big production. You don't seem like you're excited. I like Usher. I, he's not like one of my favorites. I like him. I respect him. I think he's going to do a great show. So, yeah. I mean, he's like it's. I mean, he's not one of my favorites, but yeah. I respect how great yeah. of an answer he is, and, and like I guess the entertainer. entertainer. And honestly, yeah. that's kind of why I said I'm more interested in who's going to come out with him. I mean, Usher's fine, but he's fine. Yeah, I'm more. What kind of show are they going to put on? I can't tell oh, you a, enough show. of his other songs to remember who features on on each song and all that stuff. So that's why I can't do a good job of name all the songs yeah. that you know. The mushroom. Uh, well, I know that song. Yeah, I know the song. Uh, you make me want to leave the one I'm, I'm with. Whoa, easy there. Why do you go right to that a one? Relationship with you. I don't know. I want to get you in the doghouse quick. Yeah. Yep. But that's a good song. That might that might cap it. Oh, 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 uh, my, that might I might have just maxed right? out my knowledge of Usher songs. You know, I'm like, sure there's some other ones. You got you, it bad. Yeah, you got it bad. See, that's okay. not good for yeah. super. That's a good. Yeah, that's a good love song. Yeah. You're no reba. I know what I like. I like freedom. Yeah, that song, <laughs> dude. After the natural anthem, if she did that. I, oh, I will. Yeah. I will run through a wall. Shout for out her. to Frito. Right. Yeah, Frito's got to pay some money to that. Right. If, like, if I'm, if, I, if I'm the CEO of Fritos or whatever, I'm on the phone like, hey, Reba, here's you got to get this done. You, fin- you do not disrespect the national anthem. <laughs> you finish the national anthem, but then you grab that mic, and then you say this. Right. Thanks. You're no Reba. I know what I like. I like Fritos. New Fritos. <laughs> What's that word? Ten million. Oh, yeah. You the Super Bowl? After the National Anthem, you say, I know what I like. I like Fritos. <laughs> Ten million. Wired to your yeah. overseas account immediately. Yeah. I know what I like. I like Fritos. New. Girl, you can hear that if you don't want a Fritos and you're not an American. Because right now, I'm, I'm in, my throat's killing me. I'm in the middle of a morning show. I just heard Reba say that, and I want some Fritos. Not even love Maybe Fritos. that'll help your voice. I know what I like. I like Fritos. New Fritos. Yeah. Well, that's when scoops were new. That's exactly right. <laughs> new Frito scoops. That's exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> new. <laughs> Everything was new at once. Right. <laughs> new Frito scoops. That's right. We'll take a break. Back after this on WHB. Welcome back to the Border Patrol on Sports Radio 810 WHB. I'm battling through, baby. It's Super Bowl week. You can't get rid of me. Nate Bucati tries, but not going to happen. Stephen St. John, Nate Bucati, Jake Gutierrez, and now our Monday morning quarterback, Chase Daniel. What's up, Chase Daniel? How you doing? Good. How are you? Obviously not too well, man. You good, bro? You know, I lost I lost my voice last week, and it's it's battling back. But damn it, Chase Daniel, it's Super Bowl week. We play hurt. We we just, we just march on, don't we? Yeah, man. You can't hold you back. I love it. I love it. That's exactly right. And uh, here we are, finally, uh, with the uh, week of the game. And, man, let me tell you something. We've been talking about this defense because it it doesn't get enough uh, credit. And I read the stat since 2000, the fewest points per game allowed in the playoffs with a minimum of three games. Number one is Baltimore in 2000, 5.8 points a game. That's stupid. And then the 2002 Buccaneers with 12.3, the 2013 Seahawks at 13.3, and then fourth, this year's Chiefs, 13.7. And if they go out and have another dominant performance, they'll be mentioned with great 
playoff defenses in in the last two or three decades. Uh, when you hear those numbers, like what, 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 how do you explain this? And, and what, what? How good is this defense that we're watching go on this historical run right in front of our eyes? Yeah, I mean it's it's, it's generational. I mean, if you look at it and, and look at the playoffs, two thousand Ravens were, I mean, quite honestly, the best defense of all time. And um, yeah, I, I just think I just think it's done so well by Spags. And and you look at like thirteen point seven points a game, like that's wild. But like, look who they did it against, right? I mean, Miami, which was the number one offense, they held them to seven points. And then you look at Buffalo, which has been rolling, and then Baltimore, which has been rolling too. So it's not like some easy easy test for them in terms of like oh let's just you know go out there and we might get lucky with something they played this one of the three of the top four offenses in the entire league and they're about to play san fran which is the fourth so they're playing with a lot of confidence right now i think that's a big um like big thing especially when you get onto a roll and you know that you've you've had to for the most part carry the team this year right this has been patrick mahomes's you know, worst year statistically, um, and they haven't scored, you know, barely over three touchdowns. And so they've had to play some games where, um, you know, the defense has won for them, and, and that's exactly what they've done. So when it comes to this this 49ers offense, because I think as you just mentioned, you know, the, the great point of it's not just 13.7 points a game. It's who they've done it against. And I think one of the things Stephen and I talked about, the consistency all year long, regardless of the style of offense they're going against, they seem to be able to slow them down. They don't seem to. They statistically do slow them down. What is the hardest part about slowing down this offense that they're going to face and the 49ers maybe that's different than other teams they've faced? Well, uh, honestly, it starts with the quarterback and Brock Purdy and just how well he's sort of what we like to call a point guard, right? He's able to get the ball to um, all of his playmakers, and I think that's what separates this offense is the playmakers. Brandon Ayuk, Debo, Kittle, CMC, Jennings, all these guys um, are elite and at the top of their um perspective like position groups and so cmc can go off if you want to double him then you know Ayuk is one of the most underrated receivers in my in my opinion and then debo samuel can get the ball on a reverse on a jet sweep put you in the backfield get come out of the backfield like it's so it's very multiple um you know the one thing though that i think the chiefs have a really big advantage over is that defensive line versus this chiefs or versus this same brand offensive line the san francisco's offensive line um the center and the right side have been awful all year long so i believe that they're going to bring some pressure in, in ways that is going to really test that early in the game and i think you got to hit brock purdy early in the game to uh to affect them right, we have chase daniel on the line something else that i saw that i thought was interesting i wanted to ask you about i saw pro football focus uh tweeted this out about Patrick Mahomes uh, on on this heater of mistake-free football. Big mistakes, little mistakes. He had zero turnover-worthy plays so far in the playoffs. Uh, but also, he led the regular season with the lowest rate of negatively graded dropbacks at 10.3%. That's down to 6.3% so far. He's avoiding the big mistakes. He's avoiding the small mistakes. And I saw someone that charted this last game, and he, he really only missed two throws. And so it's not just that he's not turning the ball over. He's not throwing interceptions. 
everything he does has has gone to the next level in the postseason. When you watch this and you watch the game film and someone that played quarterback at a high level, you can appreciate this more than we can. I mean, how is he doing this? Because he's already great. How is he taking this to the next level where he's just not making any mistakes and he's making those big plays in crunch time? Yeah, he's, he's really played clean football for the entire year. And I would say that was sort of not his his biggest straight, I guess you would say, like the first five years of his career was he would, you know, put the ball in harm's way sometimes. And, and he, even Mahomes said after the uh, Baltimore game, when they were talking, he was talking about spags, he's like, I've had to change the way I've played. And I thought that quote was really, really interesting, especially to me. And I would say he has. I would say that he they're using the quick intermediate passing game um, a lot more. They are um, taking shots downfield when needed, but but he's not throwing the ball down the field as much. So they're doing these play action intermediate little corner sit routes by Kelsey, Rasheed Rice on shallow crosses and letting him run a bunch of screens to Kelsey. Um, and so I, I think that's awesome because you know even Mahomes said like. I've had to learn that a punt is not a bad thing and that a throwaway is not a bad thing, especially when you have this defense and you you put it back on the defense. And I would agree. I think he's played, honestly, better this year, even though his stats say different. And what I mean by that is he's evolved as a player from the mental aspect of things. Like, uh, controlling the line of scrimmage, getting in and out of the right play, making sure the protection is set the correct way, um, checking to plays. I mean, there was a third and five, third and four against Baltimore, where they're in a three-by-one formation, and the X receiver, the one receiver by himself is Rasheed Rice, and he checks, Mahomes checks to a shallow cross by Rasheed Rice, just a simple shallow cross, but understands that, hey, Kelsey's on the inside. He can help pick for the shallow cross. We had a different play on. It's man. I need to go to our man beater and checks to it. And and it was a, you know, eight-yard gain, nothing crazy, but it moved the sticks and it moved the chains and it was the right call at the right time for them to continue to drive the ball down the field. And I think that's what you're seeing is these extended drives by Mahomes and the Chiefs, and that's what's causing their defense to be a lot freer out on the field. They're not as tired. They're not playing as many plays. So I I think he's done a really good job this year. How difficult do you think it will be or won't be to go on those extended drives against this 49ers defense? Well, you know, I mean, the 49ers are giving up 160 yards rushing a game in the playoffs. So um, I think that's something that um, isn't just going to fix itself in two weeks. So I think that's something that – the Chiefs with the right runs at the right time can exploit. And I think Isaiah Pacheco, I think Clyde Edwards-Lair, uh, Jared McKinnon's window's open. Who knows if he's going to play or not. But I think that would be a huge boost to the Chiefs if he could come back, too. So, um, you know, I, I think they're going to just do what got them there and, and what the Chiefs got them there. And through these playoffs, it's, it's short, intermediate pass games, play action, shot plays, use half the field, and run the ball. And if you look through the first three really three playoff games, the Chiefs have only thrown the ball 12 or 13 more times than they've run the ball. So the balance has been there. Excellent game planning by Andy Reid and, and Matt Nagy. And, and I think if you stay that way, uh, I think I think you're going to be good. I think you want to stay away from those linebackers, Dre Greenlaw, Fred Warner. They're really good. And I think you can isolate um, Kelsey maybe on a corner or a safety in certain ways that could get big plays. But 
you know, the 49ers on defense, they really don't they really don't do a lot, right? On third down, they'll they'll bring them up the third down package, but they're they're probably the most static team in a four man front. I mean, they are the most static team in a four man front in all of football. So they stay there, they they know what they're going to get, and um, you know that's sort of a scary thought when you're going against Mahomes and and. Uh, you know, Andy Reid. Chase Daniels, our guest. Chase, I just retweeted a couple of things you've got coming up uh, to help preview the Super Bowl, your podcast with Trey Wingo. You had Gronk and Edelman on to help preview the Super Bowl, and then you're yeah. going to be on uh, NFL Total Access uh, tonight as part of opening night and the coverage. So tell us a little bit about all these things that you're doing uh, leading up to the Super Bowl. Yeah, so we, um, man, it was awesome. The the Gronk and Edelman uh, interview was awesome. We just we just asked them about the game and and just had some fun with them. And then we also, you know, previewed, gave our picks, and and um, talked about really the 49ers offense versus the Chiefs defense and the Chiefs offense versus the 49ers defense. So we really broke that down. That's on YouTube, Chase Daniel Show on my YouTube page, uh, and I've had a blast doing that uh, um, as well. Um, and then, yeah, tonight is is a big night. It's, it's um, opening night uh, for Super Bowl, so it's like media day, and they make a spectacle out of it. I'm actually about to head up there right now in L.A., and, and we'll be in studio, man, from 3 p.m. Pacific until – 9 p.m. Pacific, and we'll just be in and out of coverage. We got both owners on, Jed York and Clark Hunt, on the show. We got um, a lot of different players. We're going to react to the sound. We're going to have good uh, game discussions. We're going to do some telestrator moments. It's going to be a really big show tonight on NFL Network. So you went through this. You went through the week leading up to the Super Bowl. This thing is in Las Vegas, so it'll be distractions times a million. What you know? What advice do you give for a player going through this the first time to keep their head on straight and keep focused? Because this is going to be uh, kind of a long week for uh, the players getting ready for the game. Yeah, I agree, and, and I like that they have them out. Uh, both team hotels are in Lake Las Vegas, which is about 30 minutes east of the Strip. So I would just say stay off the Strip, right? And and um, it, it's, it's a pretty nice area out there. That's where we stayed when we played the Raiders. Uh, it's quiet. And I, I would the advice I would give is, you know, leading up to the week, um, the first week of the Super Bowl, just make sure you get all the all the stuff done so you can just focus on football. And I'm sure that's what, what everyone did. It's just like there's so many distractions, like how many – how many tickets do I need? How many uh, do I need to sweet? Uh, what kind of food do I need? To, what family's coming? Where do I need to go after the game for a party? Where do I need to get these wristbands? Do I need to? How many tickets? All this stuff that doesn't matter, right? It's all in the rear view now. This is finally Super Bowl week. It's here. You can focus on the task at hand, and that's winning a football game. And there's still going to be throughout the week. It's 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 not a it's not a normal week whatsoever. But but the people and the players that I found that can make it a normal week as 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 much as they can, stay on your film schedule, stay in your workout schedule, stay in your practice schedule. Those are the guys that that really play well in the game. Do you remember how many tickets you get and? And do you, like I would assume you still have to pay yeah. face value for them or whatever. Like, how did yeah. that? How does that all work? Yeah, so you do tickets. Like, I mean, you win the championship game on Sunday and Monday, you're 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 in the thick of tickets, right? Like, cause that's <laughs> the biggest thing. You can buy. Um, you can buy 15. Uh, you get two comps, and, and you can buy an extra 13, I believe. But, yeah, you, you're, you're paying face value for them, which, I mean, can be 2000 2500 bucks. So um, you're definitely um, buying your tickets. It's not like you get um, tickets for free. Um, so, yeah, it, it's always an interesting thing. All right, uh, Chase, let's uh, close it out with uh, your official prediction. What's going to happen this Sunday? 
Um, well, look, I, I think that um, the Chiefs are going to take it. I, I do. I really do believe that it's just hard um, to bet against Patrick Mahomes, honestly. And uh, it's going to be a close game. It's going to be a tight game. Um, and look, I go back and forth, but the way the way the Chiefs and Mahomes and their offense is playing, it just seems like they're gaining a lot of confidence offensively. I have no issues with that defense, but I, I, I do think the Chiefs probably end up with the win. Jeez, Daniel, thank you so much for the time. We'll watch you on NFL Network tonight, my man. All right, thanks, guys. That's Chase Daniel. He's doing pretty well with his uh, retirement business, doing some coverage here and there. No surprise. You watch him on NFL Network tonight. Maybe catch a glimpse of Todd Lebo running around in the background. Todd. Yeah. You know, he's going to be out there getting everybody riled up, getting clickbait. That was, it was, uh, it was a lot of fun, but it was like, it was so overwhelming because they brought everyone out, you know, and it was it was so cool because obviously this was, you know, me seeing this, the, the Chiefs go through this for the first time when I was down there in Miami. And then they have all the stars up there um, at, at at podiums, right, with a sign over their head that says Chris Jones or whatever. Like, you're not you're not getting to Mahomes. You're not getting Andy Reid. But, <laughs> right. but, you know, you get close enough to Chris Jones and some of the star players. But then you have all these other different players and coaches that are just kind of off – to the side, but there's nothing showing who they are, right? And so, especially like the assistant coaches, you just got to kind of know. And so, you know, but but there's like all this access. And I remember, like I, I was I was in, uh, you know, Dave Tobe, and it, I mean, like, and I had like six or seven Chiefs coaches, and then that was when I went over and was able to basically just go up to to Robert Sala, and like nobody was around him. You know, because I think like San Francisco people have talked to him enough, and they're going. So, but that's what hey, and talk to him about you know defending the Chiefs' offense, and it's such an interesting opportunity too, because you're watching the guys that have been they're there for the first time, like opening night, and they're looking, and they almost they look like fans or tourists. Yeah, they've all got video cameras or their phones taking pictures and looking at everything and it was really kind of cool to see how freaked out some of the people were because it was like you were going into it was at uh, we were at where, where the Marlins played you know okay. and it yeah. was just overwhelming and it was like you were going to a sporting event but this was just hey we're going to do some interviews here yeah you know, um, and it was, it was just, it was interesting to see how different people handle it. Cause stands out to you when facing an, an, an Andy Reid coached offense. Um, a lot of vertical speed, a lot of stress uh, defensively. Um, uh, a lot of stress. Is there anything that you take away from going up against a guy like Kittle all the time in practice and seeing him in preparation to, to take on a tight end like uh, Travis Kelsey? Uh, anytime you get a chance to play great players, it can only help you play better. They are different in their styles a little bit, but uh, they're both exceptional um, at doing the, at doing at getting the ball blocking, doing just being all around uh, tight end. So it's it never hurts, but um, but there's still going to be a uniqueness to each individual that makes them makes them special. Jesus, how did you find that so fast? Me talking to Robert Sala. Jake is back. <laughs> My system's still in place. 
Nothing from Robert Sala about embarrassing quarterbacks there, though, or anything. But, you know, hey. I wish I could have told him in four years, uh, Aaron Rodgers is going to destroy your franchise. What do you think? <laughs> what? You're going to be at a franchise right. that. Uh... You're going to be holding your uh, your your feet, uh, keeping it warm for Bill Belichick. Oh man! Wow, there's the hot take okay. we're looking for. You know the your your point about the Super Bowl being such an event that it turns the guys who are players into fans, specifically this night. Yeah, because it's like uh, yeah, like they're they're t- when when. It's kind of like reminds like the All Star Game in baseball the night before when you see the players actually have their phones out and are recording everything. You know that you you go from being like oh everybody's asking me questions to I want to take this all in I want to soak it in for posterity's sake and and all that stuff. I'm, I'm here at the Super Bowl. Um, I do think there's a massive when you look at those dynasty teams. You know those those teams like the 49ers and the Cowboys and then and then the Patriots. There's something to the idea that those guys have already been through it and know the routine. And, um, I mean, I just think about it from, from my own personal standpoint, doing this on-stage stuff in the in the KC Live block. The first time we did it, we had never done it before. You know, we had done a World Series. You had done a World Series down there, but I wasn't a part of that. And, and a Super Bowl is different than a World Series because it's one game and it's a Super Bowl. And now this is going to be the third time. We've done a big Super Bowl watch party in the Power and Light District. And Oddly enough, the first time you were also with Robert Sala for yeah, some reason. Yeah, I was. It was weird. <laughs> but just like why he was there, you know, like and like Loud Luxury is going to be playing that, you know, it, like a concert at during the warm up at two o'clock, and and like last year, we, we you you just have an idea what to expect. You just you, there's a there's a, there's more calmness about it you because wanna, you've been through it. You want to make a hundred dollars? Oh boy, how you gonna how am I gonna make? I want you to go up there, like. I don't know. Pretty close to kickoff. Just grab the microphone. Like you get everyone. He goes, hey, everybody, let me talk to you a little bit about FIFA and the World yeah. Cup. And just. Yeah. Have everyone. If you pay me a hundred bucks, I'll do it. And they kick a soccer ball there. Yeah. Let's talk about the real football. <laughs> <laughs> and just see what the reaction is. The kind test. where you yeah. actually yeah. use your foot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'll do that. Just to see. Just, you know. Just to get, get a gauge for the dip crowd. Dip your toe in the water and yeah. see how they react. Maybe like right in the middle of the fourth quarter when yeah. things are tense. Yeah, that's hey, right. Hey, you think this is fun, folks? You know what's coming in 2026? I'll tell you what. In this situation, I think Messi would do this. <laughs> Not play and get everybody mad? Wow. I'm going to tell you what. I'm going to say this one more time before we break. If this guy doesn't play at Arrowhead, your feet will be held in the fire. Not to the fire. In the fire. Why? You, Why is that? You brought all this on. You've been parading Messi around for the last couple months. You're telling people that, you know what, it doesn't matter how much tickets are. It's Messi. He better be there. Just for Jake. You know I have no control up? over whether or not he can stay healthy up until he better, that game. He better stay if he's healthy, healthy he's going to play here. Oh, you're sure? If he's healthy. Tell that to Hong Kong. He wasn't healthy. Get on the phone and tell that to Hong Kong. Hong Kong is not happy. Well, I know that. Hong Kong's mad. They're yeah, you're part of flying it. a plane full of rubber. Let me ask you right now. Yeah. What, what did you just rubber say? Rubber dog. What did he just say? Hong Kong. Right now. Top gun. <laughs> You'd be flying, <laughs> flying a plane. How popular are you in Hong Kong right now, would you say? I don't think I'm a, I don't think anybody in the Hong Kong knows who I am. No, I think they're mad at you. 
Matter Zero, me. yeah. Matter me for what? Because you withheld information. You knew eighty minutes before they match that he wasn't playing. No, I did not. I, just, I knew he wasn't in the starting lineup. I knew he wasn't in the starting lineup, but that's, you know, the, the, the lineups come out an hour before the game. You better that's stay out of Hong Kong in the near future. <laughs> Hong Kong seems like an amazing place. Well, I was doing not, research not on Hong you. Kong. Maybe for other well, people. It was, it was uh, they were unhappy. Uh-huh. They were unhappy yesterday. Well, you just better talk to your people and make sure Messi's at Arrowhead. Or your ass is grass and Jake's the lawnmower, is what he said. You know how much this guy's giving up for these tickets? Mess- Jake? Yeah. No, I don't. Well, there you go. You don't know. He knows. But Jake rolls deep, though. You know. No, not anymore. <laughs> we'll take a break back after this on WHP.